0: So let's take a look at Genesis chapter 27. When Isaac was old, and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Isaac, his older son, and said to him, My son, he answered. Here am I. He said, Behold, I'm old, and I don't know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons and your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me delicious food such as I love. And bring it to me so that I may eat and that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and, and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you. Before the Lord, before I die, now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you, go to the flock and bring me two young goats, so that I may prepare for them, prepare from them delicious food for your Father, such as He loves, and you shall bring it to your Father to eat, so that He may bless you before He dies. But Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I will seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. And his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother. His mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. And then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goat she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and, and bread, which she had prepared, into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went in to his father and said, My father! And he says, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you've told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you found, found it so quickly, my son? <coughs> he answered, because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, that I may know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went up to n- near Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but my, the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother's, Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it nearer him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. And his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is, on, is the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. that the people serve you and the nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the, your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone from his from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of this son's gain, that you may bless me his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me and I ate it all before you came and I have blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. And as soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I've made him lord over you, and all his brothers I've given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I've sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me even so also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break the yoke from your neck. Let's pray. Lord, I I just pray that you would just give us wisdom and insight as we look at your word. And we pray that, Lord, that you would teach us what you would want us to learn. Help us, Lord, to glorify your holy name in every aspect of our lives. Lord, guide us. These things, Jesus name we pray. Amen. Okay. How many of you remember the show, I love Lucy? Remember how, remember how you'd always have these crazy situations where Ricky wanted one thing and Lucy wanted another thing and, you know, things just, well, they kind of spun out of control and Lucy would come up with some crazy scheme and, and you, and you just enjoy the hilarity of it all and watch it play in slow motion disaster. But in the end, things always worked out. And that's sort of what you got here. Only it's not so funny. Only it's a real mess. Now, when you look at this section of Scripture, there, there's three parts, okay? The first part is uh, chapter uh, chapter 27, verses 1 through 17. And... This is where this, everything is set here. And verses 18 through 29 is the second part of this section of scripture where basically you've got Jacob deceiving his father. And the last part of this section of scripture is verses 30 through 40 where Esau and his father are, are trying to recover from what's happened. Now, you know, um, a lot of times when I'm reading through a section of Scripture, one of the things I always wonder is, you know, I, I'm trying to get the scene, trying to really figure out what's going on here, and I'm really trying to figure out, okay, so how old are these people? What's their situation exactly? And so, you know... Um, one of the things you see, you, that, that you see in a number of places, you get some some signals as to about how old some of these guys are. Okay, so you know when you look at at chapter 25, and you look at verse 26, it says Isaac was 60 years old when Jacob and Esau had come along, and in chapter in chapter 26, verse 34, it says, Esau was 40 years old when he took Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basimath, the, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So he's at least a hundred years old at this point. Okay? So, you know, I I I got to wondering, okay, so roughly how old are how old's everybody else? Well, here's the thing, okay? We know that Jacob and Esau are at least 40 years old apiece. We know we know that they're at least that old, okay? But, you know, I went around looking to see if I could find any more insight And, you know, so when you have exhausted everything, you know what you do? You go to an expert. And I have one on tap. One of my closest friends in the world, his name is Eric Allen Mitchell. No blood relation. Eric is a professor of Old Testament at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. His office work was right next door to mine, okay? Eric and I talk theology all the time. I mean, we talk multiple times every week. And you know, it is a great thing to have an Old Testament scholar on tap. So I just called Eric and I said, hey, Eric, how old were these guys at this point in time? Well, So Eric does his thing, you know. Uh, So so Eric is, he's got, uh, uh, he co-wrote an Old Testament introduction with Paul House, another renowned uh, Old Testament scholar. It's in its third edition now. And, I mean, this guy is a biblical archaeologist of of one of the highest ranks. He's gone to Israel I don't know how many times. He's done digs in parts of Israel, in Jordan, in Egypt. Uh, there's an archaeology study Bible with his picture in it. Um he's, he's that significant as a scholar. Anyways, so Eric says, you know, there's nothing in Scripture that tells you exactly how old they are. But he says, what you do have written down is tradition. Now, tradition is not on par with Scripture, but there's a reason that it exists, because it does give you some insight. So one of the things you find out is, that tradition says that Rebecca was 14 years old when she married Isaac, okay? And basically around the time that this had happened, Isaac was 137 years old. She was 111 years old. And the boys, such as, you know, you can't really call them boys. They're men at this point. They're 77 years old. So you've got this household. They've been with each other for a long time. Probably not a whole lot of secrets between them. But there's a lot of problems. So one of the things you find when you take a look at this is he says, Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could no longer see. And he called Esau, his older son, to him. My son, he, he answered, here am I. He said, behold, I'm old and do not know the, na- the day of my death. Okay, so he's probably around 137 years old. How old is he when he finally dies? Well, let's take a look at Genesis Chapter 35. And let's take a look at verse 27. And Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre, or Kiriath Arbor, which is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. Now the days of Isaac were a hundred and eighty years. Now you know, I'm thinking at a hundred and thirty seven, he was nowhere near death. But yet he's got an agenda. Yet. He's pushing ahead with this crazy plan to bless Esau. Let's go back to Genesis 27, verse 3. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die and you know the way things generally worked, the convention was that when you were ready to die, when you were ready to 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 bless your children, what you did was you called them all together. But what does Isaac do? He only calls Esau. Why is he departing from convention here? Well, he's got no reason for it. That's apparent, readily apparent. Because when you look at chapter 25, and you look at verses 1 through 6, you get the example of his father. He says, 20, 20, chapter 25, it says, Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Jokshan Midian, Midian, Ishbak, Shua, Jokshan Shep, uh, fathered, Sheba, Dedan, the sons of Dedan were, and he goes on through all this. Verse 5, Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts. While he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. Now, Isaac was the son of promise. And God had made it clear that Isaac was the son of promise. You know something? When you look at, when you look at Isaac's situation, he also had a son of promise. Let's take a look at chapter 25. And let's take a look at verse 23. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two nations from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. Which of the two was the younger? See, that that was like a question so <laughs> Thank you so so Jacob was the son of promise. And here's the thing, both Isaac and Rebecca knew that he was the son of promise. But Isaac wanted things the other way around. Let's take a look once again. Chapter 25. And let's take a look at verse 27. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because of what? His stomach. He loved the food that Esau hunted down. It says, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebecca loved Jacob. Now, now, now here's something else here, folks. It's one thing to have favorites, but it's another thing to act on them. And you know, you can clearly see a dividing line going on here. And one of the things, you, one of the things you, you see here is in in chapter 27, verse 34, uh, 27 verse 4. He says to Esau, "And prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me, so that my soul." May bless you before I die. He doesn't say before so that I may bless you, but my soul. I I mean, he, he really has this intense desire to do this for Esau, despite the fact that he knows that Jacob is the son of promise. Let's take a look at Romans. Let's go to chapter 9. And... Romans chapter 9, and let's go to verse 6. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all children of Abraham, because they are his offspring. But through Isaac your offspring shall be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise that are counted as offspring. For This is what the promise said about this time next year. I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but when Rebecca had conceived children by one man, our forefather, Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told. The older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. So what is loud and clear in both the Old Testament and the New is that Jacob was the son of promise. But Esau, unfortunately, is a carnal Man. Uh, as one commentator put it, his stomach was stronger than his theology. His sensuality was out of control. Let this be a warning for each one of us. You know, Sin makes you stupid. Sin makes you crazy. Verse 5. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Now, this is interesting. Verse 5 says, Isaac spoke to his son, Esau. And verse 6, Rebekah said to her son, Jacob. Do you see the problem here? They are playing favorites. Folks, this is a recipe for family disaster. Verse 6, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it, and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two young goats that I may prepare them for delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. So, you know, there's a few things worth noting here. Okay, there is nothing that we see anywhere in Scripture to suggest that Rebecca. Is a normally rebellious woman. Why would she do this? Well, maybe because she realizes that Isaac is off base here. Maybe because, well, you know, Jacob was her favorite. Maybe she just realized that the way this was playing out, just plain wasn't right. Because in this culture, one of the things you find is that the woman's, well, their vote doesn't count for that much. In fact, let's take a look at at Numbers chapter thirty. Let's go to verse 3. If a woman vows a vow to the Lord and binds herself by a pledge, while within her father's house in her youth, and her father hears her vow of her pledge by which she she has bound herself, and says nothing to her, then her vow shall stand, and every pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if her father opposes her on the day that he hears of it, no vow of hers, no pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand, and the Lord shall, for, will forgive her because her father opposed her. And if she marries a husband, while under her vows or any, or any thoughtless utterance of her lips by which she has bound herself, and her husband hears of it, and says nothing to her on the day that he hears of it, then, her, then her vows shall stand and her pledges by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if on the day her husband comes to, uh, comes to hear of it and he opposes her, then he makes void her vow that was on her and the thoughtless utterance of her lips by which she bound herself and the Lord will forgive her. Okay? So the father and the husband had all the power. But here's one of the interesting things when you look at this section in scripture here. In verse 8, Genesis chapter 27 says, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. This word command in the Hebrew is the word Sava. And here's the thing about its use in this particular section of scripture. It is the feminine participle of this. This is used nowhere else throughout the Old Testament. This is an exceptional use of this term. And so she commands him to go to the flock to bring her two young goats that I may prepare them for your, for delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Um, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. And perhaps my father will feel me and seem to think that I'm mocking him and bring a curse on upon myself and not a blessing. In other words, Mom, what if Dad figures out who I am? He might curse me. And this is an interesting thing. Her response is an interesting thing. Verse 13, his mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son, and obey my voice and bring them to me. Now, she had no power to deflect or change the course of a curse any more than she had the power to deflect or change the course of a blessing. But that's what she says. And at the time, this is enough for him. So verse 14. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. And here's a thing that seems like a, a scene out of I Love Lucy. Then Rebecca took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Yeah, this is like a scheme you'd see in I Love Lucy. And for sure, you don't think it's going to work. Verse 17, and she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. So he went into his father and said, my father. And he says, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you found it so quickly, my son? And he answered, Because the Lord, your God, granted me success. Now, there's a few things worth noting here. Yahweh may have been Isaac's God, but at least at this point, he wasn't Esau or Jacob's God. Now, perhaps it is because, as we're seeing here, maybe their father had not done the best job of teaching. Because as we we know, he clearly knew that Jacob was the son of promise. And he's clearly going against that. Verse 21. And Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Now, you know, okay, I got two brothers and three sisters. You know, people say that my brother Billy and I sound a lot alike. But, you know, whenever I call my folks, they know my voice from Billy's and Billy's voice from my voice and they know the difference between our voices and Tony's voice. But somehow, and maybe it's because he's blind and maybe it's because at this point, perhaps he's sensually, not only physically blinded, but perhaps because he's also spiritually blinded. While he can hear the difference in the voice, somehow he still misjudges who he's dealing with. And all it took was the the, the sheepskins with the, the hair on them, on the neck and on the hands, to fool him. And all it took was Esau's scent from his clothes. Verse 23. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, are you really my son Esau? And he answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me. That I may eat of my son's game and bless you, so he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then Isaac said to him, "Come near and kiss me, my son." So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him, and said, "See the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed may the may God give you the dew of heaven and and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine, let the people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Now there's a few things worth noting about this blessing. This is not the kind of blessing that you, that seems to be addressed to Well, a guy who's basically a a hunter. This is more of the sort of a blessing for a guy who's a farmer. Not somebody who's a nomad. Not somebody who's just, well, like I said, just a hunter. And here's something else worth noting. Verse 29, let the people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Let's take a look at chapter 26 again. Chapter 25 again. Because when you take a look at chapter 25, and verse 23, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. Now he says what, what, what Isaac is saying to what, who he thinks is Esau is, hey, Your brother is going to serve you. Unfortunately for him, but fortunately for us, he was confused as to which of the two sons he had. Now look. Because Jacob got the blessing, Israel was successful in so many different ways. They grew, they prospered, they fulfilled the commandment of God in so many different ways. And, you know, Isaac, he knew which one was the son of promise, just as he was the son of promise with Ishmael, his older brother. But he chose to go his own way. So here's the lesson, folks. Are you doing what you know the Lord wants you to do? Or are you doing your own thing? Because if you're doing your own thing, don't think you're going to be successful. Verse 30. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau's brother came in from his hunting. And he also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it that that hunted the game and brought it to me and I ate it before you came? And I have blessed him says, and yes, he shall be blessed. Because once the blessing had gone out, that was that. There was no turning it around. Same way as with the cursing. Once it had gone out, there was no deflecting it. There was no changing it. Verse 34, As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and he has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright. And behold, he has taken away my blessing. Now, you know, that's kind of a more of his spin on what happened. Because you remember what happened with the birthright, right? Let's take a look at chapter 26. Uh, Chapter 25, I'm sorry. Verse 29. When Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I'm exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. And Esau said, I'm I'm about to die. What use is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau sold his birthright for stew. He wasn't cheated. He didn't have to do that. And here are some other things we see about Esau's character, okay? It says in chapter 26, verse 34, says, When Esau was four years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Biri the Hittite, to be his wife, and Besamath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. And so we see by virtue of the fact that he sold his birthright for a mess of pottage, He's not a wise man, and he did not marry, not just fail to marry one good woman, he failed to marry two good women and caused more familial problems. So this is not a man of great spiritual character. Verse 36, Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, he's taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers I have given to him for servants. And with grain and wine I have sustained him. What can I do for you, my son? See, Isaac knew that he was supposed to give the blessing to Jacob to begin with. But he planned on giving everything to Esau. And because he decided to go against the Lord, this whole thing just kind of blew up in his face. Esau said to his father, have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me even so, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And, you know, the thing is, you can't help but feel for his hurt here. Because he had some great expectation of blessing. And now, what's he going to get? Then Isaac, his father, answered him. And, you know, and he's just, Isaac is just scrambling at this point to have something for him. And here's what he says. Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be. Away from the fatness? What he's talking about is desert. And away from the dew and heaven on high. He's talking about, yeah, it's the desert for you. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. Yeah, you're going to serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. So at some point, you're going to be free from his influence and that's all that he got now you know when you look at this whole situation here when you watch, watch I love Lucy a lot of times the problem was all Lucy's fault but in this case it's not Lucy who has the spleen to do This case, it's all Isaac's fault. Now, look, when I was a professor, I always tried to remind these guys, my students, look, when it's Father's Day, you don't need to do any of that sissy boy kind of preaching where you, you know, try to beat down fathers or anything like that. And I'm loathe to, 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 to do that sort of thing, but I will say this. In the ancient world, there was a concept called the paterfamilias. The paterfamilias was the head magistrate, and he was the high priest in the home. As the head magistrate, it was his job to make sure that justice and righteousness was carried out within his household. But as high priest, it was also his job to make sure that the children were taught to hold on to the faith and to pass it down. From what we can see here, Isaac kind of failed at this. So, a few lessons here. For those of you who are fathers, it is your responsibility to lead. It is your responsibility to make sure that justice and righteousness is carried out in the household, and it is your responsibility to make sure that the children are taught the truth of the Word of God, that they are taught the faith. Now that doesn't mean you can't delegate it, but in the end, your the one responsible. You know what? When the father is doing his job, when he is following the Lord, and he's doing his job as the head magistrate, and as the high priest in the home. The family generally, and there's always the exception, but the family generally falls in line. You know, um, Some of you have kids, and you know you might realize, you know, I, I, I need to, uh, I need to start being this kind of man. Folks, start today. You wives, one of the things we see about Rebecca is. This was atypical for her. You do not find her getting out of line at any other point. You wives need to obey your husband. You need to get in line. And the two of you together need to lead your children so they come to know the lord and to follow the lord let's let's close in prayer lord i i just pray that you would be with every person here with every parent here I pray that, Lord, that you would be with Father. And I pray, that, Lord, that you would help them to fill their role at the paterfamilias. Righteousness in this household. And who is the high priest who teaches his children to follow after I pray for every mother and wife that she would be the support, the help meet that that he needs. And I pray that, Lord, that together, that they may raise their children in a way that would glorify your holy name. Lord, we, we thank you that despite all the things that we get wrong, you can take the mess that we make, and that Lord, you can, you can fix them. You can make things right. Lord, guide us. We sing in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.